Are you ready to accelerate the growth of your business? Welcome to the Revenue Growth Podcast. This is the place for business owners, sales leaders, and marketing professionals to get ideas and inspiration to drive exponential revenue growth. Each week, you'll get actionable insights from the world's leading marketing and sales thought leaders and practitioners. Are you ready to grow? Let's join our host, Daryl Amy, author of Revenue Growth Engine. Welcome back to the Revenue Growth Podcast. Daryl Amy here, growth architect on a mission to help 10,000 businesses double revenue so we can create 1 million new jobs and $10 billion in net new giving. This is an exciting time right now. And to pull that off, we're going to need some innovation and get ready for a conversation today with Michael Haynes. We're going to have a fantastic time. Today's episode is brought to you by Selling from the Heart. If you want to grow sales, you need to be able to grow trust. And that's exactly what Selling from the Heart does. Selling from the Heart helps highly relational sales teams build trust so they can win more deals, retain their clients, get more referrals, and cross-sell all of it to generate more revenue. And if you want to learn more, just go to sellingfromtheheart.net. That's sellingfromtheheart.net to learn more about how you can grow trust to grow sales. Well, we've got a great guest today, as promised. Michael Haynes is the founder and principal consultant at Listen, Innovate, Grow. For over 25 years, Michael has worked with companies ranging from micro-businesses to large corporate uh, organizations across Australia, Asia, Canada, and the U.S. to develop and implement customer strategies and programs that drive business growth. His passion is helping CEOs and business owners of small and medium-sized businesses in B2B markets, achieve the growth and impact they seek. Two words that are near and dear to my heart. Michael's an avid traveler. He's regularly invited to be a guest speaker and panelist on an array of events and podcasts across Australia, Canada, and the United States. And best of all, Michael is a fellow Canadian and innovation fanatic. It's great to have you here, Michael. Thanks so much, Daryl. It's great to be here. This is such an important topic right now because innovation and growth are go hand in hand. If you want to grow, you need to innovate. So when you think about small businesses, um, you know, a lot of times when I think about innovation, I think of either two things. I think of large companies that have you know, these big think tanks out in, you know, some uh, Silicon Valley or somewhere in the middle of nowhere in an underground bunker full of scientists or I think on the other end of, you know, the startup company that's in a Starbucks or a coffee shop trying to figure things out. But where it seems like there's a massive gap in innovation is in the, the established mid-size growing SMEs. I'm curious what your thoughts are on this. Um, Daryl, you're spot on. So the small and medium businesses is an area where there's not a lot of innovation occurring. Um, as you well know, you know, business innovation is the key to growth. Um, you know, they've done lots of studies. High growth firms are those that innovate in at least two areas in addition to product. Yet 40% of small and medium businesses don't innovate. Now, one thing, Daryl, I just want to mention is that when we're talking about innovation, we're talking about business innovation. Uh, so it's not just necessarily product or technology. It's about making either uh, new introductions and or improvements across the business. And that can be done in one of five uh, areas, um, your products, 
uh, can be around your services, around your marketing, around your processes, um, and outsourcing uh, your organizational, so joint venture alliances. So it's mm-hmm. doing things across uh, one or more of those areas constitutes what's business innovation. And that's what our small and medium businesses need to be undertaking on a regular basis to really drive growth. I love this mindset because you're spot on. I mean, we think of innovation, we think of inventing a new product, right? Or it's starting a brand new business, but there's so many different aspects of a business that require innovation. And I think right now, you know, there, I depends who you talk to, but I, I don't think it's any secret. There's choppy waters in the global economy right now in different markets and different industries. Why do you think innovation is so important? at this stage in our history? Uh, Daryl, I think it's so important because a lot of the expectations, needs, uh, uh, and wants, uh, priorities of business buyers, our B2B customers, has fundamentally changed, including how they buy. Mm. Um, You know, the pandemic has really exacerbated that. It was starting before the pandemic, but it's really exacerbated that. So it's really forced now, given these new changes of expectations, needs, and behaviors, that companies have to adapt in order of how they engage and how they're providing the products, services, support, et cetera, that um, uh, clients and customers are expecting now. So innovation is quite critical. The key, though, is to make sure that we're really listening and tapping into what our markets uh, our customers and our buyers are looking for. I think it's so funny. I, I couldn't agree more on this. And I think, you know, we obviously have collectively as a, a planet went th- have gone through and maybe are still feeling uh, some of the effects of the COVID-19 pandemic. And uh, I think there was a lot of um, in different places around the world as different things kind of came back online, a, a collective sigh of relief that we're back to normal. But the reality is, uh, we're not. A lot of stuff changed in the last couple of years, and a lot of stuff is going to continue to change in this area that you're talking about, which is customer expectations. Yeah. And and this is where I, why I want everyone listening in. Of course, we've got a great audience here of entrepreneurs, sales leaders, and marketing leaders. This issue of customer expectation touches everything that's customer facing in a business from that first uh, connection on, you know, with your marketing or your brand through the sales process, all the way through their journey of being a client, operations, and everything. So this is such an the innovating in this area, in these areas right now, I think is such an important thing for medium-sized businesses that want to scale. So um, I'm curious, like, where do you, how do you see, and this is a broad statement because I know there's so many different industries and different markets here, but how do you see customer expectations changing in a way that requires companies to innovate? Uh, I think given that, you know, you and I both focus on B2B, um, it's in terms of the B2B buyer expectations Mm -hmm. really has changed quite a bit. Buyers are now looking for what I call air advice, insights and recommendations. And we have to really keep as small and medium business owners and leaders who are providing products and services, we have to keep that in mind. That's fundamentally what they're looking for. So that really needs to drive what we deliver to our customers, to our buyers, how we uh, interact and engage with them and how we promote our products and services as well. Because there's that big shift, but that's what they're looking for. They're looking for that confidence, um, that 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 trust, that clarity of the how to take their businesses forward. But that really has to really underpin everything um, that we do, Daryl. 
because that's quite important. And how buyers buy now also has fundamentally changed. Um, they're doing a lot of their own uh, research. They're talking to their peers. A lot of peer interaction is occurring quite a bit. Um, your online forums, communities, and mastermind groups are a big part of the buying process now. So we really have to be mindful in terms of how we are, in terms of our marketing and sales approaches, really have to be in that buyer-driven focus and really being focused around providing the air, advice, insight, recommendations, facilitating those opportunities for buyers to connect with each other with experts to get that clarity and confidence on how to move forward. I like that. Got to come up for air, advice, insight, and recommendation. That's a... That's one everyone listening in, you just want to write this one down, advice, insight, recommendation, and quote Michael Haynes when you hear it, because that right there is, that's pure gold. And, you know, it's interesting as we talk to different folks here on the Revenue Growth Podcast, I'm thinking about conversations uh, recently uh, that I've had with Matt Dixon, um, Challenger, and, and looking at um, also Mike Weinberg, like the challenge in sales right now is sense making is how do we help and this goes for my marketing friends as well is how do we help buyers make sense of all of this and then also how do we help them how do we coach them through the process of making a decision where there seems to be more and more influencers involved in these deals and you know the number when I talked to uh, Matt Dixon, Brent Adamson at Challenger, authors of the Challenger sale, they keep saying Daryl this number of decision makers and influencers is going up. And so in the middle of this, innovation is so important because if you don't want deals stuck in the pipeline, we better figure that out. So I'm curious from a sales perspective, um, deals that are, are out there, they're in process. What are some innovations that you're seeing or recommending to companies that are helping them navigate this um, this new buying environment that we find ourselves in? So, Daryl, one of the things I like to do with my clients, which is something I've adopted from my days back in corporate when I was head of um, customer insights in a telecommunication company, is to facilitate the interactions amongst between you as a product service provider and your buyers. So I introduced a concept called the strategic customer workshops. Um, so it's based on that premise of the customer visit, but taking it one step further. So it's about having your meetings, which can be either in person or on site and having cross-functional representation from you as a product uh or service providers, so having your marketing operations, account teams, there might be technical people that you might need, and have the comparable uh, key stakeholders uh, coming in from the client side. And having usually a half-day meeting, and it'll be an exchange of information so you can understand your client's needs, priorities, objectives, talking about where you're going to be moving forward and how you're going to be helping them. Having that kind of dialogue and interaction so that you can help develop a mutual action plan to really demonstrate and help how that uh, client is going to be able to take their business forward in a very strategic but also very pragmatic way. So strategic customer workshop is something very much um, that I've been introducing with my SME clients now to uh, build that engagement discussion and interaction because it's a means of both gaining insights, Daryl, as well, in, as well as providing both that air advice, insights, and recommendations. Because I believe selling really has to have that component now of being very interactive engagement uh, and being air driven. Uh, the days of show up and throw up with a pitch um, just don't, don't no longer work. 
Well, and also the days of, I love this idea of the workshop and collaboration inside sales, I think is the key right now in B2B in this collaborative thing. And, you know, I, I think of the old days in selling and, and, and I'm uh, tripping my third decade in, uh, in sales here this year. Um, I don't know if they're going to give me a watch or a cake or something for that, but, um, but, you know, it's interesting because back in the day, if I may, you know, we, when you were in a B2B environment, it seemed like you had a key decision maker influencer and you spent most of the sales process with that person. And then they brought you into the room where, you know, the other people were there and that was even at the time, I felt that was a highly risky thing because there's always someone in the room that showed up at the final decision-making table. You're like, uh-oh, I don't know who that person is. We've all had that, that experience. What, what if, and I love this premise, what if you, if you took the room and you put that right at the front of the sales process and we'll get everybody in the room together and we get clear understanding, clear uh, value share, clear um i mean you're you're sharing insight they're receiving insight they're sharing insight you're receiving insight very very reciprocal and collaborative um i heard it said i think I, this is uh well I'm, I'm i'm not sure who to give credit for to this one for but the way you open a sale is the way you close a sale and um so opening collaboratively i think is a beautiful idea that's innovative right now right and how do we take that um, how could that look inside your environment is the question for everybody listening. How can you facilitate more collaboration right there? That's that in itself is just a great question um, to ask. What else are you seeing in terms of buyer expectations that's requiring innovation right now? Um, I think buyers, that whole peer-to-peer -peer networking that I spoke of, that is a big thing now. Buyers want to be able to interact with each other, interacting with their peers so that they can understand other perspectives, approaches, experiences. So that's something that we as product and service providers need to start facilitating and providing more and more um, in, in, in various ways. And that's where I think the opportunities of providing the likes of online communities, um, hosting forum events are to do so. Um, providing opportunities like this, live streams um, as well, which is a great way for them to, you know, interact with experts, thought leaders as well. It's another great way to do so. Um, so really providing that opportunity to have that engagement. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Pablo Gonzalez and the B2B community uh, member workshop. He has a relationship growth strategy session on the back of that. So guests can interact, ask questions, and have a strategy session. So these kinds of peer-to-peer -peer networks where we can ask questions, interact, um, share is very important. So really product and service providers really have to be thinking as part of their marketing programs, uh, marketing and sales programs, because I believe the two need to be working collaboratively. What kinds of events, workshops, um, forums, what kind, you know, these kinds of things that we can be uh, offering. And they don't have to be expensive. They don't have to be very owner, you know, very lengthy, but just bringing together the right people, sharing some insights, having the opportunities for them to share. It is quite impactful. And Daryl is a great way to start the conversation to really open things up. And then on the back of a particular event, you can have additional opportunities for folks to further engage through content, through further forums, events, etc. So um, I think that's really the key is to really facilitate 
uh, and provide those kinds of opportunities for uh, engagement again. Because again, I believe it comes back to that advice, insights, recommendations, to provide mm. guidance, to help build trust. Um, that is the key now. It takes more effort. It takes a bit more planning. But I believe that is the key to success. That is how we're going to win in B2B sales. And it has to, it requires that marketing, sales, service support. It's cross-functional collaboration um, on both sides in a very planned, pragmatic approach is the key to success. Yeah, I love this. And it reminds me of um, several case studies I saw during the pandemic of salespeople that's, you know, obviously there was big problems on the table in different industries and uh, witnessed many salespeople going to their current client base mm -hmm. and saying, okay, let's invite all of the um, in one case, it was superintendents of multiple school districts into a round table. Let's all jump on a Zoom. I mean, it was absolutely free there. You didn't even have to bring bagels to this one, right? Mm. Let's all jump on a Zoom and let's discuss potential solutions to the issues that we face. And I've seen some salespeople carry this forward. And I love the concept of being the hub of all of that, being in the middle, highly innovative, because you're going to get two things out of that. By being the facilitator of those relationships, you're in the you're right in the mix, building those relationships. And this, the other thing that's cool, that I love about this strategy, Michael, and I'm curious your thoughts. But as I bring these people together, whether they're various similar positions or similar industries, my customer base, and get them talking to each other, I can learn what's actually going on in their world. And to me, those are where the gold nuggets come in terms of creating marketing content, sales content, talk track strategy. Um, I love I love the idea of pulling your clients together in collaborative environments. Yes, dear, I'm a big, big believer of that. I'm a big advocate of roundtables. I myself have done a few roundtables as well. Um, started doing those in the midst of the pandemic we were in uh, severe lockdown, but they're fantastic. They're not hard to pull together. And you will find when I find what's quite effective is if you bring a cross section of different customers, um, even some prospects too, uh, that might be at various stages, different uh, markets as well, bringing those folks together um, and having, you know, 60, 90 minute discussion uh, where you might share some learning and it's getting folks to talk, recording those learning. You will gain so much insights. Your uh, clients and prospects will gain a lot of benefits as well. And there's so much that you can do and you will come out with some good nuggets because it's one of the best forms as you said, as listening. So roundtables is something that I think uh, many pro um, product and service providers need to be doing. Um, and it's something that can really build a lot of trust, get you closer to your clients and prospects, and you'll gain lots and will give you those triggers and some of those hints on where and how to innovate in terms of what you deliver, how you deliver, how you promote and engage. Uh, it is a great form of listening. And so I highly recommend yeah, roundtables. That's something that small, medium businesses can do. Because it's something that a lot of the big corporates, um, big end of town, don't do that much of. And clients will really love and appreciate that opportunity. And great way to get to know your ideal clients and keep your finger on the pulse of what's going on there. Just super. You know, and, and uh, this is so, so incredibly innovative. We think of, you know, back in the day, quarterly uh, quarterly business reviews and things like that, which are great. I mean, you should meet with your ideal clients on a regular basis. What if you pulled them all together in a room, you know? Yeah. And, and what if you talk to, uh, especially cross-functional, I love these groups of 
you know, fellow IT people, fellow finance people, yeah. fellow great, great way to learn, uh, great way to learn. I love this conversation. I'm having so much fun here, Michael. What are some other innovative ideas you're seeing uh, medium-sized, growing medium-sized businesses uh, put to work or some categories in which they're thinking we need to innovate here? Um, so we've talked about roundtables, um, you know, doing the likes of forums, which is along a similar theme is another thing that you can be starting to do. And you can also often base that around content. I had a client who did a piece of research to understand what was happening in a couple of their industry sectors here in the Australian market. They created a report. And from that report, they then had a round table, uh, sorry, a, a breakfast forum where they invited a number of clients, prospects to, uh, industry leaders, and they presented that research, had a bit of discussion around that. So, you know, uh, coming up with some, doing some research and providing a bit of the pulse point of view of what's going on and taking that content and using that as a means of engagement is one thing that um, I think many small and medium businesses can and should do um, because it's highly, highly effective. Another thing, Daryl, um, that I'm big on my clients on starting to adopt is it's often referred to as account-based marketing. I prefer to uh, adopt what Jeff Davis in his book uh, out of Chicago called account-based strategy. That is the approach that you need to have where you identify within your business, who are those top key clients, might be two, five, 10, identify those clients and working cross-functionally, come up with proactive plans on how you're gonna nurture, manage and engage those, uh, th those clients and potentially some strategic prospects that you have mm -hmm. and really work out, you know, what are you gonna do in terms of content, events, engagement? How are mm -hmm. you gonna provide that air? How are you gonna facilitate that peer-to-peer? -peer? So account-based strategies. I use account-based strategy as opposed to account-based marketing because I find many folks have a very narrow view when you use the term marketing. They think tactics advertising, right. social media, lead gen. But this is about thinking cross-functionally by understanding the needs and requirements of your industries, of your buyers. Okay, bring folks together, customer experience, product, operations, IT, potentially learning and development. Bringing them together and saying for those top key uh, clients, those top key strategic prospects, how are you going to manage, nurture, and engage these strategies is really, really something that I believe every small and medium business needs to be doing because it will allow you to get uh, close to those clients and customers and prospects, deliver the air, building the engagement um, that's really going to help you have long customer lifetime value with those um, clients and prospects. So powerful. And I, I love, I agree with you on the whole account-based marketing. Let's come up with a better name for it. Account-based strategy is fantastic. And and this is a um, huge advocate for understanding who your ideal clients are, the 80-20 rule. Let's figure out who the ideal client is. Let's snuggle up to them. Let's get to know them and let's go find more of them because they're the ones that not only are able to buy from you one time, but they're uh, great, great candidates for cross-sell. So I want to end with talking about cross-selling um, upselling, going broader, wider in the accounts, whatever you want to call it. Um, I heard a client call it broadlining last week, which I thought was cool. Um, what, um, what are you seeing in terms of innovation when it comes to cross-selling? I know we've talked about these uh, client forums, which I think is purely brilliant. Any other ideas to throw into the mix here? 
Um, in terms of uh, cross-selling, I think how you put together your solutions, your bundles, there are a number of different strategies that you can use, how you can leverage your existing asset resources and capabilities to create solutions that your business buyers want to buy at, and how to value it. Because quite often you may be doing things like certain reporting, you might have certain consulting capabilities, you might be doing some research, that you can be packaging these along with your core offering and put that together and offering to your customers. Uh, and there are various strategies of how you can do so. So coming up with solutions and there's, you can have different tiered offerings. You can use the concept of a naked solution where you have a core solution and then provide options. These are great ways to get cross-sell, upsells, and also referrals as well. So thinking holistically in terms of how you can leverage your existing assets, resources, and capabilities to create those solutions is a great way to do so. And that requires, though, Daryl, again, though, that we need to be listening and really having an in-depth understanding of our markets and our customers and the buyers that we serve so that we can identify where are the gaps and where are the opportunities that we can leverage what we're doing. Uh, oftentimes, we're doing so well, uh, and it's just something we just do, but clients would love to get access to those capabilities, that training or, or what have you. So uh, organizationally, a medium-sized business, who owns this? How does this need to look so it doesn't get lost in the weeds? Uh, in a medium-sized business, um, ideally, if you have, I be, I'm a big believer that, you know, marketing and sales should be one organization revenue operation. So ideally, revenue operations, um, that is just the way it needs to be, Daryl. That's, yeah. I, I could go out, get on a tangent for that. So I would say you're head of revenue operations, ideally. Um, you want your CEO to be your big advocate and champion because they can make things happen and make sure that we get traction to get things started, to have that initial kickoff meeting, uh, you know, with the cross-functional leaders to start thinking cross-functionally about account-based strategies, et cetera. So I would say CEO or head of revenue operations um, should be the ones leading and driving this. But all of this must be done in a cross-functional manner. So um, even if the CRO is leading uh, and leading it, you still want your CEO to really be championing, to be making sure that this cross-functional collaboration uh, uh, and way of doing business is actually happening in the organization. Love it. Love it. Well, let me ask you this, Michael, how can people get more Michael Haynes in their life? Because uh, I know everybody listening in is going to want to take a deeper dive on this. Um, thanks, Daryl. So there's two places. One is my uh, website, uh, listeninnovategrow.com. So that is the repository for all B2B insights geared specifically for us as small and medium-sized business leaders. Uh, there's information about my services, as well as my new community, the Legacy SME B2B community, which is specifically designed for us. So listeninnovategrow.com. And the second place is on LinkedIn. I'm very active on LinkedIn, putting out content. And I'm always uh, you know, happy and love to connect with other um, growth-oriented uh, B2B folks. Fantastic. We'll make sure all that gets uh, put in the show notes. Michael, thank you so much for being innovative and sharing your ideas with us today. This has been fantastic. Thanks, Gerald. It's been great fun and a total pleasure. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. And thank you to everybody in the Revenue Growth Podcast community. We are all about getting things done, figuring out new and better ways to drive revenue growth. And innovation is a huge part of that mix. And the discussion that we had today is something that you may want to take back to your team and review and come up with a strategy. I encourage you to dive into Michael's work. You're going to find a lot 
of powerful ideas there. This has been a super conversation today. Very, very interesting. And I think what we need to do is we need to be asking ourselves together, how can we innovate? It's not just product. It's every aspect of how we engage with our prospects and clients. So thank you to everybody who's out there driving right now to grow revenue. This is critical. You're making a difference in the world. You're creating jobs. You're creating impact. This is super, super important. And I want to let you know, I'm cheering you on. We've got a great roster of guests coming up throughout the summer. So make sure to like or subscribe on whichever platform you're listening. And thank you to everybody who's sharing the podcast and leaving reviews. So until next time, let's get going and let's get growing. Would you like to get complimentary access to the Revenue Growth Engine audiobook? Just text the word revenue to 21,000 or go to revenuegrowthengine.com slash book. You'll get instant access to the audiobook so you can get ideas to help you grow your revenue so you can scale your impact. Text the word revenue to 21,000 or go to revenuegrowthengine.com slash book to get instant access. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope you found ideas to help you drive exponential revenue growth so your business can make more of an impact. If you've enjoyed today's conversation, make sure to like or subscribe. It also helps us spread the word if you'd be kind enough to leave a review. Of course, we'd love it if you would share this with your friends. Together, we are growing revenue so we can scale our impact.